0: To the Sisters for Prevention Breast Cancer Resource Podcast and YouTube channels. I am your host, Judy Fitzgerald, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the latest information and strategies for breast cancer survival and prevention. I am a 12-year breast cancer survivor living with NED, no evidence of disease. My passion is supporting the primary prevention of breast and ovarian cancers. It is my great honor to serve as a consumer advocate for the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines developed by Dr. Vincent Tuey at the Lerner Research Institute at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. 2021 was an exciting year for breast cancer. It was the year we launched the phase one clinical trial for the first preventive breast cancer vaccine. This vaccine is presently being tested on recently diagnosed triple negative breast cancer patients who have completed treatment. Our goal is to prevent recurrence in these patients. Sadly, triple negative breast cancer is the most lethal form of the disease and has the highest probability for recurrence within the first five years. So what's next? We will need support to complete all phases of the clinical trials to obtain FDA approval Once the vaccine is proven safe and effective, the Cleveland Clinic has partnered with the Nixa Bioscience and their CEO, Dr. Amit Kumar, to commercialize the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines and make them available for use. For all things breast cancer and to remain updated on the vaccine's progress, please visit my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's www, the number four, sistersforprevention.com and now it is my great pleasure to bring you today's program thank you for joining us Welcome back. So, today we're going to talk about prevention strategy number seven. It's really one of the most important topics we can discuss because the topic is the dangers of hormones in meat for hormone positive breast cancers. So, if you've been diagnosed with estrogen or progesterone positive breast cancer like me, you should be aware that there are many hidden hormones in our food supply that were not there when our forefathers' grandparents were around. So the meat our grandparents ate came from animals raised in farms where grazing on land or pasture raised was the absolute norm. Unfortunately for us, most meat available in our grocery stores today are not raised in this manner. Instead, they're raised in crowded quarters fed antibiotics due to disease in these crowded pens, and fed a quote-unquote vegetarian diet, which sounds good, but which consists primarily of soy. Even more devastating is that they are fed growth hormones to make them fatten quicker, and in the case of dairy, to produce more milk. So we are constantly bombarded in the media with advertising touting the necessity for our children to drink milk for good health. The old adage, milk makes a body good, is no longer the case. Milk is promoted to be an important source of calcium and vitamin D and to be essential for young growing bones. Well, vitamin D and calcium are essential, but don't get them from this source. So from early days... Our children are ingesting these growth hormones in milk, compounded by the consumption of meat from the animals that are fed the same. So, during my years of teaching fifth grade, it was a constant topic of discussion and concern among teachers as to why young girls were reaching puberty so much earlier than past generations. We noticed that the fourth and fifth grade girls Were maturing, whereas in past years, when we were growing up, that was not the case. Until seventh, eighth grade, or ninth grade, there are numerous research studies illustrating that breast cancer risk increases as years of menstruation increase. Puberty starts when excess amounts of these hormonal chemicals trigger the changes in the body. But what about the hormones being ingested from food? Surely these cannot be overlooked when they are so prevalent. Rates of breast cancer are increasing yearly, and all avenues of causation are so important. There was a devastating decision in 1991 by the FDA to approve the use of growth hormones in dairy cows and beef cattle. This was of monumental consequence to the human diet. Traditionally, all beef was pasture-raised. But in the United States today, what is primarily commercially available is almost all grain-fed, and animals are raised in confined and crowded quarters. The simple reason is that it's faster, and of course, more profitable. Where in the past, steers were four or five years old at slaughter, today they can be slaughtered at 14 or 16 months. Farmers know it's impossible to take a beef cattle from birth weight of 80 pounds to 1,200 pounds in a little more than a year by only consuming grass. It takes an enormous quantity of corn, of course, mostly GMO corn, protein supplements, soy, antibiotics, and other drugs, including growth hormones, to accomplish in a few months what used to require years. These growth hormones are commonly known as RGHB and RBST. So what are they? BST, BST, or somatotropin, is a naturally occurring protein hormone found in the pituitary gland of animals. Bovine somatotropin, BST, triggers nutrients to increase growth in young cattle. And lactation or milk production in dairy cows. Artificial BST, which is referred to as RBST, is produced using recombinant DNA technology and again called RBST for short. RBST is commonly known as bovine growth hormone 2. When injected into cows, RGHB increases milk production 10 to 15 percent, and in some cases up to 40 percent. Approximately 17 percent of all cows in the United States are given these artificial growth hormones. Incidentally, these hormones are outlawed in England and Canada. So our generation and our children are the first to be raised on milk and beef from what are called super cows milk from rghb treated cows also contain higher levels of igf1 this is known as insulin growth factor 1 humans naturally produce igf-1 and increased levels in humans have been linked to colon and breast cancer even though no direct connection has been made between elevated IGF-1 levels in dairy and elevated IGF-1 levels for cancer in humans, some scientists have expressed concern over the possibility that this could be the case. So what can we do? The only thing you can do is to refuse to eat meat-fed antibiotics or growth hormones and ensure to feed your family only meat or milk from pasture-raised cows. These animal growth hormones act like estrogen in humans. Since the use of gross hormones has increased, so has the incidence of hormone-positive breast cancers. My breast cancer was highly estrogen positive, so I am extremely cautious about introducing any type of synthetic estrogen into my body. There's also a lot of misleading information on meat packaging. Beware of labels that advertise meat as vegetarian-fed or grass-fed. Even though these animals may not be treated with growth hormones, they are fed primarily a soy diet. Soy consumption is discouraged for estrogen-positive cancers. Also look for certified pasture-raised on the packaging. If it simply says organic or grass-fed, These animals are only allowed limited time outdoors. Although this is better than conventional meat, the nutritional difference between grain-fed and grass-fed animals is dramatic. Pasture-raised products tend to be substantially lower in total fat than grain-fed. For example, a sirloin steak from a pasture-raised steer has about one-half to one-third the amount of fat as a similar cut From a grain-fed steer. In fact, pasture-raised beef has about the same amount of fat as skinless chicken, wild deer, or elk. When meat is this lean, it actually lowers your LDL or bad cholesterol level. There are so many studies linking all dairy products to breast cancer. So personally, I've chosen to avoid cow's milk altogether and substitute coconut milk. Many people seem to like almond milk, but although I like almonds, I don't like the taste. I also choose dairy-free ice cream made with coconut milk. It's delicious and does not taste heavily of coconut. You can also purchase yogurt made with coconut, almond, or cashew milk, as these nut-based milks have become a lot more popular. So to sum up today's session... When purchasing dairy or meat products, please read the labels carefully. If it doesn't say pasture raised, please put it back. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on feedspot.com. Your feedback is important in helping us select topics for future podcasts. To stay updated on the latest news about the vaccine clinical trial, please subscribe to my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's sisters, the number four, prevention.com. Also, please note that the topics discussed on this site are not meant to be used in lieu of medical advice. I am not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be. I am merely sharing what I have learned from personal experience, discussions with fellow survivors, and many hours of research. So for now, I'll leave you with my mantra, cancer is a word, not a sentence. So may God bless you and keep you till next time. Thank you.